Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I'm happy that you've joined our program today. I'm always glad to be with you, but especially today, uh, I didn't expect to be able to do a program. Um, I was going to uh, sub at, at one of my jobs, and, and it turns out I was not needed. And so I'm going in at my regular time, and, and that means that I can be with you today. And so I, I'm happy to be able to study God's Word with you. Today, we are finally beginning a new chapter. We spent a great deal of time in reason number seven of why I am a member of the Church of Christ. And today we're going to move on to reason number eight, and that is that it has the Bible as its only creed, confession of faith, or church manual. We only look to the Bible for authority in matters of religion, in the things that we do, in the things that we believe, and we do not look at anything else. Uh, there are many that do. Many denominations that have other creeds, uh, other manuals, and, and things of that nature, but we do not. And for some very simple reasons that we will explore, Lord willing, today. But before we begin our lesson, let's bow as we always do in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the ability that we have to spend this time in your word studying together. And we pray, Father, that you would bless our studies, bless our understanding of your word, and, and help us to do those things that bring glory and honor to your name. We are thankful for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us for all that his blood means to us, and that it cleanses us from our sins. Please forgive us, for we do fall short. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to overcome the temptations that we face. We do thank you for Jesus. It is through him that we humbly pray. Amen. As we begin looking at our lesson for today, again, uh, we are looking at reason number eight in our series of why I am a member of the Church of Christ, and that it has the Bible as its only creed, confession of faith, or church manual. Uh, the first thing that we're going to look at, and we're going to spend most of our lesson here, we're going to look at reasons for this conviction. The conviction that we do not use any other creeds or manuals or anything like that in our practices, and our belief in anything regarding the church. The reason that we, these are the reasons that we hold to this conviction. As we look at the Bible, and it is important that we look at the Bible, if we do not regard the Bible as truth, then we cannot be God's servants. We cannot be faithful as we need to be. And we are going to fall short of God, of his word, uh, of the things that bring glory and honor to him. We need to make sure that we regard the Bible as truth. 
And as we look at the Bible as truth, as we look at the the times of the New Testament, we are in the last days, and we know that. We recognize that. And as we look at at us being in the last days, as we look at the New Testament and we look at those things that are taught us, the things that are given to us so that we can do God's will, namely the things that are given through the apostles, remember that on the day of Pentecost, whenever 3,000 plus souls were saved, they were obedient to the words that Peter told them to the things that Peter commanded them. They were baptized for the remission of their sins. And whenever we look at the church in its establishment, we see that they followed in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. And that's exactly what we endeavor to do. We continue in the apostles' doctrine. Now, in that we continue in the apostles' doctrine, as we look at the time of the apostles, and for the first three centuries even, we find that there were no other creeds. There were no manuals that were made. The people of God followed the word of God. They followed the teachings of the word of God. And it wasn't until much later, much further after the church had been established that denominations began making their own creeds and their own manuals. They could change laws. They could change uh, practices and, and things of that nature to sit to, to suit their own feelings, and to suit what they felt was necessary. But there were no creeds and manuals in the time of the apostles. And that's one of the reasons that we, as the Church of Christ, are convicted against these things, is because they weren't there in the establishment of the church. Now, if we are going to be a part of the church of the first century, if we are going to be the same as the church of the first century, then we must act as the church of the first century. We must look like the church of the first century. And the church that we read about in the Bible, that's the church that I want to be a part of. And that church did not have any creeds or manuals. Another reason for this conviction is that the Bible completely furnishes us unto every good work. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 with me for a moment. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue and there's more to this sentence but he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness if God has given us all those things then why would I look to the writings of any other 
I'm also reminded in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Friend, if I have the Bible in my hands, I have the Word of God in my hands, and I am told in God's Word that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And not only is it given by inspiration of God, but I am told that it is useful to me for everything that I need. It is useful in making me complete in the sense that it gives me everything that I need. It equips me thoroughly for every good work to do God's will. If I have this word in my hand, what need do I have of something that is written by humans? All scripture is inspired of God. And I cannot say that about other writings, but I know that the scriptures are the word of God and they are all I need in order to do his will. Something else that we find for those churches that that have different doctrines and different creeds that they follow, these creeds are not good for all time. They, they don't necessarily work for every century, for every um, 10, 20 years even. But human creeds are revised every few years because of their imperfections. I, I guarantee that any creed that you find that has been written uh, maybe hundreds of years ago has probably been revised over time before you have it. In your hand. God's word, however, does not need to be revised. Have you noticed that whenever we look at the Bible, when you look at uh, the title pages, now the translations themselves may be revised, but the word of God has not been revised. The word of God is the same. We still use the same manuscripts to translate the word of God. Now, sometimes words become out of date, such as those in the King James Version. If you read the King James Version, there are many words that are used in there that we do not use today. And so for that reason, the translation itself has been revised, but it has still been revised based on what is taught in the original manuscripts. And we still have those original manuscripts. They are the, the same manuscripts that were used to translate God's word many years ago. And they're the same manuscripts that we use today. The translation may be revised, but the word of God has not been revised. 
And as we look at different translations, even if you were to go back and use an older version of a translation, it's going to say the same thing. If you study it, if you try to understand its meaning, it's going to say the same thing, or at least it should. The Word of God does not need to be revised as different creeds and manuscripts need to be revised. Uh, Things such as maybe the Book of Mormon. I know that that is one of those books that has been revised over time. The ones that they hand out are, are are not the same as the ones that were written years and years ago. God's word is referred to as the perfect law of liberty. A curse is even upon those who would alter it, adding to it or taking away from it. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, Galatians 1 and beginning with verse 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Anything that says another gospel, another testament, something in reference to being an addition to the Bible, this is another gospel. This is another gospel as Paul is talking about it when he writes to the Galatians. They have created something that is not the word of God. They are teaching something that that is actually contrary to the word of God. These are to be accursed. In Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19, Revelation 22 Verses 18 and 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. I have in conversation been told in using these verses, I've had someone say that, well, this is written about Revelation. And you're right. It is written about the prophecy that is given in Revelation. However, how could I ever think that God's word would ever change? That his will would change from one book to another. And as I look at what is said about Revelation, I look at that in regard to the whole Bible. Why would I seek to add to it or take away from it when God has laid such a a curse on those who do? 
Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 2, You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. It is same from the Old Testament to the New. We are not to add to. We are not to take away. We are not to bring any other gospel than what has already been presented to us in God's word. Those who have pledged allegiance to humanly written creeds are unable to defend the Bible. For one to teach the completeness and perfection of the word of God, if we are teaching the word of God, that's exactly what we're teaching, that it is perfect in every sense, that God has given his word in perfection. And for one to teach the completeness and perfection of the word of God, and to also teach the use of creeds and manuals to go along with God's word, it cannot be believed. He, he is contradicting himself. He cannot reprove someone teaching error. His credibility towards someone who does not know the Bible is questionable at best because he's saying, in essence, two different things. Yes, the word of God is perfect, but yes, we use something else in addition to the word of God. He has no credibility when teaching the Bible as perfection. They, they fail to show their faith by their works. In James chapter 2, verse 18, we are to show our faith by our works. And their works do not show their faith because they are using something that God did not provide through his apostles, which again, in essence, is another gospel such that is condemned. We also find that human creeds are divisive. They divide rather than create unity. They keep religious people divided into sects and parties. Uh, you look at denominations and how many different denominations are there? Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostals. You, you name it. There are so many different denominations. Hundreds of them even, maybe thousands, but there are different groups that believe different things. Some teach baptism essential to salvation. Some do not. Some teach instrumental music and worship. Some do not. And they hold to these convictions and these beliefs and they are divided. Even though they might may seek unity among themselves. They may have unity services and things of that nature. They're still divided in belief. As we look at the Bible, we cannot have a group over here that is right and a group that teaches something different, but they're right too. And another group that teaches something different and they're right. And another group and so forth. That cannot be. And even denominationalists, those that are of denominations, recognize that someone has got to be wrong. 
If we're all teaching different things, someone has got to be wrong. We can't all be right in our understanding when we teach things that contradict each other. And so we find that human creeds keep us divided into different groups. Those holding to creeds of various kinds and beliefs will always be divided by those beliefs. Into who believes this and who believes that. Who believes baptism is necessary for remission of sins and those who believe otherwise cannot both be right. Those who believe the Lord's Supper is necessary for the weekly assembly and those who partake less often, they can't both be right. And there are so many other things that we could look at. Granted, there are a lot of similarities in what I believe and and those that I have as friends that are in denominations. There are a lot of similarities. but we're not always in agreement. God's word desires unity, and we're going to look at that in a moment. But human creeds are divisive. They keep us divided. We cannot come together as one while we believe so many different things. These are the words of man. Not the words of God. Anything created other than the Bible, outside of the scriptures that are given to us, are created by man. The following can only be stated of the Bible. I do not know the author, but these words are so true. This old book contains the mind of God the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its histories are true, its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the sailor's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here paradise is restored, heaven is opened, and the gates of hell, hell, are disclosed. Christ is its subject. Our good, its design, and the glory of God, its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, will be open at the judgment, and will be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy contests. Human creeds cannot be defended. 
First, any creed containing more than the Bible is objectionable because it does contain more than the Bible. Second, any creed containing less than the Bible is objectionable because it does contain less than the Bible. Third, any creed differing from the Bible is objectionable because it does differ from the Bible. Fourth, any creed precisely like the Bible is useless because we have the Bible. Discovers the whole ground. There can be no other thought of. A creed must contain, contain more than the Bible, less than the Bible, differ from it, or be precisely like it. No man defends his creed on the ground that it contains more than the Bible, less than the Bible, that it is different from the Bible, or precisely like it. If a creed be not defended on some grounds, on what can it be defended? Certainly on no ground conceivable to mortal man. Those are the words of Benjamin Franklin. And he's so right. Either we are adding to God's word, either we are taking away from it, Either we are being different or we're being precisely like the Bible, which is impossible. We cannot have a creed. We cannot have a manual. We cannot have anything offered other than the Bible and it still be a part of the Bible. It, it just cannot be. Benjamin Franklin understood that very well. And so should we. I have just a, a little bit more. And I don't have time to cover this in the next minute. So we'll probably finish this up next week, Lord willing. And maybe move on to the next chapter. There's not much. But again, it is more than, than what I can put into one minute. Uh, but I do, I thank you for being with me today. I, I thank you for being a part of this program. And, and for those that listen every week, thank you for supporting it. Uh, if you do have any questions, if you do have any uh, comments, anything that you would like to say to us, please contact us. You can go to our website at www.marshillcoc.org. And if you go to that website, there is contact information, address, phone number, and uh, you can send us a message from that site. But we would certainly love to hear from you. I hope to be back with you again next week as we study together God's Word. And until we meet again, may God bless you.